You're listening to Coaching for Leaders. This is episode number 59, airing on October 15th, 2012. Produced by Innovate Learning, maximizing human potential. Welcome to Coaching for Leaders. This is the show for leaders who want to improve themselves so they can better engage and develop others. Whether you're a seasoned leader or leading people for the first time, improving your leadership skills will drive your success, and most importantly, the success of others. This week's topic, seven principles for leading people older than you. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back for another episode of Coaching for Leaders. My name is Dave Stahoviak, and I am joined today by the smart, talented, and always engaging Bonnie Stahoviak. I am so glad that you are back with us for another episode. Well, I'm glad to be back, and I'm so grateful for the weather we have been having. It's a little bit crisp, a little cool. I've got kind of a little warm yoga sweatshirt on. It's a great day. It is a great day, and it is getting to be fall here in the States. For those of you listening in the States and for our Southern Hemisphere friends, you are just getting starting to get ready for, let's see, summertime starting to approach down there. So, uh, But either way, we are glad to be back with you, and we're here today with a new topic that has uh, actually come by listener request. And I do think it's interesting. We did get some listener requests in to talk about how to lead people who are older than you. So Dave invited me, and I just happened to be six years older than him. So I'm not sure if that was an old joke or an old hmm. reference, old and wise. Getting well, older, getting wiser every day. Well, you know, I the topic was people older than you. So I was like, well. <laughs> I think I'll invite the closest person to me. Who's, who's my favorite older, older person <laughs> that I know? Well, hey, I'm glad you joined us. Uh, We are broadcasting you from Orange County, California, out here in our home office. And this has been a listener request. This actually came in, uh, well, two or three people have asked me just randomly in the last week or have sent in emails that said something to the effect of, oh, one of the things I'm struggling right now is I'm leading people that are older than me, and I'm struggling with that a little bit. And so we thought we would take this week to look at this and and look at seven principles for how you can lead people older than you. And all kidding aside, there's actually a really good reason that I've asked Bonnie to be on the show here today, because both of us have had a lot of experience over the years in situations where we have led people who are uh, older than us and, and in many cases significantly older than us. Yeah, for me, it started out really young. I actually worked at Baskin Robbins when I, I started working there when I was 15. And I really have a great respect for that company. So I'm happy to give them a plug. Shout out to Baskin Robbins. It's still just as good now as it was back then. And gold medal ribbon couldn't be better. Vanilla, chocolate, swirl of caramel. It's amazing. And so when I was, I think I was either 16 or 17, I don't remember, but they started, they had me become the manager there. And I was one of a couple of different managers and I mostly worked in the evenings and on the weekends. And then there was a day manager who managed mostly during the week, during the day. And she also made the cakes. She was specially trained to make those amazing Baskin Robbins cakes. And so I ended up managing a woman at that time who was 47 years old. Mm. And I remember at that time, 47 seemed older than the sun. (laughs) And it's not going to be that many more years until I'm that age. (laughs) So it no longer seems 
quite so old now looking back. Yeah. And I've had experiences too, gosh, throughout my career of leading people older than me. And in many cases, and certainly training facilitation, it's only been, we were just talking before the show, it's only been in the last year or two really that I feel like I've uh, if a lot of people showing up in classes who are either the same age as me or maybe a little younger than me, but gosh, I, you know, I was, you know, by the time I was 27 or 28 years old, I had in the business world, the title vice president and had the title professor in classrooms. And I was teaching people in many cases who were older than me and still are in a lot of mm-hmm. cases, actually. Uh, and you were in a significant leadership role very early in your career in a publicly traded company, actually. Yeah, I was a vice president of human resource development and did end up managing people who were older than me, although it was a young feeling department. There were a lot Mm -hmm. of field people who went out and did essentially sort of internal consulting for the organization. And a lot of times when you're a field person and you're traveling like that, you're on the road, you have such a makeup, you know, you probably in that case hadn't started your family yet or, or that type of thing. And then I, I also ran the training department and, you know, it varied in terms of the ages there, but it's, it got to where I didn't think about it as much anymore. I mean, certainly when I was 16 or 17, this was something I thought about quite a bit. Mm. And then it just got to where it just felt natural. And and it wasn't something that I thought a lot about, but certainly I was happy to be invited to talk about it and, you know, hopefully help some people, you know, think through some of the issues that will come up when you're put in a leadership role, or even if you're not put in a leadership role, we all get opportunities all the time to lead where we can lead informally without a title and, you know, how to do that well. You know, my experience is really similar to yours. I remember the first time I led someone that was older than me, and it wasn't quite the age distance you mentioned. I remember thinking about that a lot and being uncomfortable with that. And I remember saying to someone at some point who thought I was nutty that like, oh gosh, it would be great if I had like some gray hair or something, because that would help me to lead more effectively. Mm -hmm. And it seems so ridiculous now, um, because now I've had a similar progression as you've had is I don't even think about age when I'm in a situation where I'm leading people. It's really the last, not that I don't notice it, but it's the last thing I think about. And so I had to do some thinking as we were preparing for the show of what what did I do that got me there? And if I was going to give advice for someone on what they could do to help them get there, that what would I tell people to do to gain some more comfort and more confidence of leading people? And if you are in a leadership role where you are leading people older than you. And so I think we have we've nailed down seven that if we could do would be helpful to you. And I know Bonnie will throw in some other ideas here let's as well. Go. So, uh, so let's get started. So first one is everyone is your superior in some way. Uh, and I love the quote from Wal- Ralph Waldo Emerson, who said, and I quote, everyone I meet is in some way my superior in that I learn from him. And this is something that's been really helpful to me over the years of leading people and reminding myself that regardless of age, gender, uh, anything uh, with people and, and what positions they're in, what positions you're in, that we can learn something from everybody. I have learned things from people that I would never have expected to learn things from uh, going into a relationship or a situation. And so that's been really helpful to me of really being very humble in my walk for leadership of looking for how can this person be a teacher for me and be a guide and be in some way teach me something, even if it's through a challenge or through a conflict mm-hmm. that will then help me to be a better leader, a better human being and leading people more effectively? 
Yeah, when you think about what leadership is, it's all about influencing people toward a shared goal. Mm -hmm. And so in order to do that well, a lot of it is this sense of learning that you described, Dave, and a lot of that learning can quickly kind of also be a way of serving. And so it doesn't mean serving as in the person is allowed to disrespect you or, you know, it's whatever you think, you know, cause, cause you can lose your own credibility if you don't have some confidence in terms of your ability to lead toward that shared goal and why you were placed in that role. And, but it, it, it just, it, it should blend into the background. If it's too forced, it seems as if you've got those insecurities. And so if you're really secure in yourself, it just, it's just evident. It just, it just comes and, and it's, it's not something that you have to constantly remind people of, you know, it's, it's just there and it kind of settles down into the background. And then as a leader, you can serve very authentically because we're serving not in a subservient way because, oh gosh, I don't know as much as you, you know, so much more, you're so much older than I am kind of Mm -hmm. attitude, but we're actually able to serve because that's part of the leader's role is we're headed toward this goal and being able to remove some of those barriers that are getting in the way of that goal and to be able to do that authentically and with confidence. And the balance between the, those two is really key. I know that was one of the mistakes I made, Bonnie, when I started leading initially, and I've talked about in this show before, is I was way too much of a pushover. I just kind of like go along with whatever people wanted. And that's not uh, good leadership either, is we want to have that good balance between certainly learning from people and being a servant leader, and at the same time also um, you know, setting a confident path forward and having good boundaries and having good expectations with people. So, but if if we can all remember that we can learn something from everybody, I think that helps us to lead and walk humbly. Number two is to focus on the right questions instead of the right answers. Uh, yeah, this is something that's been I've learned, I think over time, I didn't certainly understand this when I first got into a leadership role, is to realize that if someone has more experience than you in a position, I know this often happens in organizations where someone's very technically competent and maybe not even competent, but exceptionally gifted in a particular skill or task. And then they end up being led by someone who maybe doesn't have that same experience level or technical competence, but may have a broader experience level in leadership or just in a better, more effectiveness of being able to set a vision and to lead people and to handle conflict. And one of the things that I've learned is you don't have to know everything as a leader. In fact, it's probably better if you don't, um, because uh, then you run the risk of micromanaging and trying to uh, dictate how everyone should do their jobs or do their roles in the organization. So I've learned the hard way sometimes is that uh, it's not about being intimidated by people's experience and all the things that they know, that that's actually a blessing and a wonderful thing to have as a leader is a whole bunch of people who know more than you do. Because then you can facilitate and step back and listen and ask good questions and set a vision with a whole team of people who are extraordinarily talented and can do some amazing things. So for me, when I've really looked at leadership from the standpoint of how do I ask the right questions and listen first and combine everyone's thoughts and ideas into a vision that that's been really helpful. And one of the things too that comes up in terms of questions I mentioned when you asked me a number of episodes ago, a leader that influenced me a lot, a Mm -hmm. man by the name of Ken Hagerstrom. Mm, And he told me once that the person who's asking the questions is actually the one who's in control in a conversation. And I have found that to be quite true. And I thought that was really wise 
advice that he gave to me at that time. And so I can recall a time when a woman who was considerably older than me when I was I was in a younger management role. I at the time I wasn't thinking about it that she was older, but I, I she was one of those people who was traveling out into the field and she came back and had not submitted something that she was supposed to submit. And it, it this has been a continuing pattern. Mm. And so I remember this is such a long time ago to remember the details, but there were some oh well, you know, my laptop didn't work. Really? Well, why don't you go ahead and bring your laptop in? I'd like to, why don't we take a look at it? What exactly was it that didn't work? And, oh, okay, well, and then what did you try next? And then, and it, it basically, in my opinion then, and as I am recalling it now, was not entirely being quite candid about mm-hmm. why those things weren't getting in and was just accustomed to not having anyone hold her accountable for what what she was expected to do. And so by asking those questions, I'm not accusing, you know, of anything at that point, it's just kind of gathering information. But when someone isn't quite living up to the standards that are expected, you can kind of uncover a lot more if instead of making accusations, you actually ask questions and let the person then get there themselves. Yeah. And, you're, and so, you know, you can do that certainly when you're influencing toward, toward a goal and getting shared input, but you also can do it to hold someone real accountable. And that needs to happen regardless of the person's age because there's certain expectations we all have to live up to in order to achieve that goal that's in front of us. Mm. You know, probably the best way I influence people these days, Bonnie, is through the skill of curiosity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And asking good questions. Yeah. And a- I find that that happens all the time in my interactions with people now. Another friend of mine who I'm so sad to report retired from Vanguard University where I work, Elizabeth Leonard, she mm. talked a lot about instead of sharing her political beliefs outwardly, she would try to influence through asking questions because she felt that her key role was just to help students really be able to think critically mm. about those important issues in our world. And I just, ah, oh, I thought of her the other day because I had a student who said something about some organization that she was involved in back when she was in high school. Well, you know, they're this. And I said, what What does that mean to you when you say that they were this? And it was just, it turned into such a richer conversation because mm. by the way, I totally misunderstood what she was saying. And she, I thought she was saying it in a derogatory way, but actually it turned out to be a positive way. And it was almost like she was apologizing to me because she thought I might think differently than she did. So it was really an interesting thing. Questions are great. All this to say, we're not expected to have all the answers to everything as leaders. And if we find ourselves in that situation, that's probably a warning sign for us as leaders. We should be spending our time more so trying to ask the right questions. So number three, Bonnie. Befriend people who are older than you and also younger than you too. Yeah. And this is something that's been a real blessing for both of us in our lives recently is we have couples that we spend time with who are significantly older than us, uh, you know, in some cases, 20, 25 years, and also significantly younger than us. We have a a couple we're great friends with that are 10, 15 years younger than us. And this is, um, I think, a real practical way that you can get comfortable of interacting with people at a lot of different age levels. Yeah, I went to a talk the other night about faith and politics. And Dave was not able to join me. I mean, you could have joined me, but you decided not to, I guess. Yeah, little Luke and I hung out at yeah, home. Yeah, I think that's probably best for everyone. <laughs> it was. And so I decided to go on my own because I thought, you know, if I go home, I'm just going to wind up grading. I'm not going to actually 
you know, do anything monumental. So I'll go to this thing. And I'm so glad that I did. And I, I felt like a spring chicken sitting there. You are. I mean, these are, these were people who go to actually, this was held at the church where Dave and I attend and it tends to, there tends to be an older demographic. And so I, I probably was 20 years younger than the vast majority. And there were some even older than that. Mm. And it was fascinating to hear them, you know, to talk about, things that happened so many years ago that I never would have known about and just all that can be learned from that. And so I I would say if people listening don't have opportunities to build relationships, what a tremendous thing it can be, how much can be learned and gleaned. And you really can honor people too and, and really make them feel valued because they are valued because they do have so much to share and have lived through things that, Mm, that we, we can't even imagine. So it's wonderful. And and this goes back even to our first point on every one I meet is my superior in some way. I know from all of our friends, younger, older, I always seem to learn something in every interaction. I, that's something I love about them or value about their contribution to the world that I never would have thought of on my own, but because we're in those friendships, I have a great opportunity to appreciate that. And by the way, you know, volunteer and religious communities are a great way to build friendships with people that are not of your typical age demographic. So I really encourage you to reach out in those venues too, if that's something you're not already doing. And a quick movie recommendation they've wanted to make has to do with this theme as well. Yeah. So this takes us to number four, which is remember that each person will be very young and very old. I don't remember who told me this, but years ago, someone told me this, um, this saying, and they said, picture if you're ever really frustrated with someone or angry at someone, picture them as a very, very young child, an infant, picture what they were like, and then picture them being 85 or 90 years old as a very elderly person. And, and that if you can picture that person in both of those scenarios, you will get a better perspective and have more grace and peace toward them. And I thought that was just a really profound way to think about work, you know, interacting with people and, and our attitudes that we bring to our relationships about age. And I, uh, Bonnie mentioned this movie recommendation. Now, I, normally when I give recommendations, it's something I've read or I've listened to. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen this movie, but I've seen the trailers and I, I know that, and I meant to try and watch it this week and I didn't have a chance to do it before we recorded. Um, but there's this movie out called, uh, from a couple years ago called the curious case of Benjamin button. And it is a movie about a person who is born. And as they're born, they look like an, elderly person, 90 or 100 years old. And as they go through their lives, they gradually physically become younger, even though their mind gets older until at the very end of the movie, I guess he's just an infant. <laughs> and but, mm-hmm. but has the capacity, the mental capacity of someone who would be 80 or 90 years old in that life experience. And I think, I, I know I'm going to watch this movie soon. And because I think it really gets us out of our typical stereotypes and misconceptions that we all have that bind us about what we can and cannot do because of a person's age. And really age is just a number. You know, one person who is 45 years old has a very different life experience from someone else who's 45 years old. And so we need to, not that age shouldn't be important, but it's only one small factor in a person's life and in the value they bring to the organization. Number five, honoring and leading are not mutually exclusive. Yeah, Moses came down from the Mount with these big stone tablets 
thousands of years ago. And one of the stone tablets said something like, honor your mother and father. And ever since then, uh, people who have tried to follow these, you know, Judeo-Christian values have said, you know, we need to respect our elders. I think that's something that a lot of us have heard throughout our lives. We've heard from our family members when we were children. And I think that what happens is, is that wonderful value gets sometimes confused when we get into a leadership capacity. We think that in by honoring people that we can't also lead them. And the point I'd want to make here with number five is that honoring and leading aren't mutually exclusive. You can honor people and you can also lead them at the same time. Mm -hmm. That you don't, by leading someone, by asking them to do something, by asking a person to buy into a vision, by taking the time to give someone feedback, that you are not not honoring them. In fact, if you do those things, you are probably honoring them more than perhaps any other leader that has worked with them because you do genuinely care about them, their contributions, and their ability to be successful in the workplace. Number six, not everyone wants to lead. This was so surprising for me, Bonnie. This was so surprising when I came into the business world and really started doing a lot of training and facilitation and particularly started teaching classes on leadership and communication is I would always talk earlier in my career about how do you, to, to, get, to get to the next position, to get to the leadership role. And I found out that not everybody wants to do that. Not everybody wants to lead. Not everybody wants to be a manager. In fact, some people are just deathly opposed to being in a position like that. They are tremendously happy with what they're doing and don't want to have the responsibilities and the um, and the challenges that come along with being in a formal leadership capacity. Now, I say this is a formal leadership role. We all are leaders. We all can influence people, and we look at that perspective in this show. Um, but not everybody wants that, and that's something really important to remember. That if you are leading people that are older than you, that are older than you, is not necessarily everyone wants to have that experience. Yeah, I was just this past week elected to be a chair of a committee at the university where I work. And there are people on the committee who are older than me, people who are younger than me. And it's that same thing. And a lot of people did not want to be in the chair. <laughs> so yeah. it wasn't like I won the popularity contest. It was kind of, I decided to do it because I figured if I'm going to participate and that part of my role there contractually, as well as ethically, I feel, you know, is to, is to participate in what they call shared governance. It's much less hierarchical at universities than in much of the corporate world. And so I thought, well, you know, in this way I can influence over when meetings happen, I can influence, or I do really enjoy driving toward a goal and mm. being able to see progression and movement. And sometimes on committees, not always, but you know, you get a certain flavor of a committee and things happen real slow and there's not a goal. And so I shared with them a little bit. They actually wanted to elect me even earlier. It's been a little while now since the year started and, and they had been asking me to serve. And I said, I don't like to serve in a leadership capacity in a committee until we've agreed upon the priorities and the focus for mm. that year, because I may not be the right style of leader. So once we've done that, then I certainly would be open to talking about what that looks like. And so I, you know, I, it was, they, <laughs> once they knew we had talked about the focus and the priorities, there was a quick, I nominate and that was kind of a done deal, but it was, I shared, you know, my style, my personality does tend to be direct, 
does tend to like to work toward a common goal, a shared goal, and likes to see movement toward it. And I'd said, you know, if if that if you have any concerns as we go, I'd love to hear them. I also like to work collaboratively. I enjoy feedback, so you wouldn't have to worry about, gosh, I think this is going too fast, or I think you're pushing a little too hard on this. Let's think about this. And I'm really open to your feedback as we go, but just know that's the style of leader that you're getting. I can adapt, but I also, you know, will be knowing that's my default setting, like we've talked about on some prior shows. I think there's a whole nother show in there too, about teaching people about your leadership style when you step into a leadership role too, that we're going to have to come back to at some point. Yeah. So good stuff. Okay. Number seven on our final one, and Bonnie, I know you have some thoughts on this one. You are there for a reason if you're in the leadership role. One of the things that I talked about earlier that can happen is that people can kind of second guess their leadership that mm. that kind of lack of confidence and remember you were put into this leadership position for a reason and mm. so you can kind of go forward with that quiet confidence and it should be quiet confidence it shouldn't be something that you ever actually verbalize i'm here for a reason that's not going to go over really well but yeah. to know to go with that you know i was selected for this role and things are going to get rocky but that you know i'm here for this season to again drive toward a shared goal and anytime you are you have the privilege to be leading others, it's because you've done something. Someone has taken the time to really consider and they've selected you for whatever reason. You may know that, you may not. Um, most of the time you won't know every reason for why you were selected, but there is something that someone saw in you or a whole bunch of things that said, you're the best person for this position, at least right now. And so there's something that you bring uniquely to that role. And you're there for a reason. Each one of us bring a unique capacity. And I know, Bonnie, I've been so much more effective the more that I've learned about myself. I've been true to myself, my own values, the unique qualities that I bring. And the more I focus it on those, the more effective I've been as a leader over the years. One thing I just want to mention before we close this conversation is that Dave and I have been speaking pretty lightheartedly about the subject of age. And we've even used a little bit of humor around the subject of age. And I do want to just caution people to really refrain from using humor around age in the workplace. And we do have protections in our country against discrimination based on many factors. And one of those factors being age. And I am already older than that magic age. It's 40. Mm -hmm. That was the, the law that was passed against age discrimination. And so it, it, you just really want to be cautious and any kind of age humor. I just can't think of a time when that really works, works, you know, too terribly well. Someone may use self-deprecating age humor in the workplace. And so that certainly is something, you know, if someone else decides to say something about, oh, it's my brain's going because it's the, you know, the age thing or whatever, they certainly are welcome to do that. But I just would, as a leader, particularly if you're listening because you're the younger of the leadership roles in this particular case, it should never be started by you. And and in fact, I wouldn't even follow what episodes, oh, it's the age, oh, I know, you're so old. <laughs> so even... <Yeah. laughs> Uh, lawsuit (laughs) lawsuit yeah and what a what a way to learn a leadership lesson by having to go through a lawsuit around age discrimination you just want to be cautious yeah i'm really glad you mentioned that because we are having kind of some fun talking about this today and we're doing this lighthearted. but if you are in a supervisory role be very very careful about how you're talking about age even in a joking way with people because they may not perceive it that way 
Well, Dave, I'd like to thank you for having me as your guest today. And I know you've got some things to wrap up, especially talking about that contest. So I'm going to sign off now. And thanks in advance for being the contest judge. Yeah, I don't know how that happened because I I know you asked asked me about the prize and then I said the prize wasn't really a prize and then the prize went away and all of a sudden I'm a judge. I was curious. That's how it happened. Well, I'm still looking forward to hearing the story. So that's the good (laughs) thing. I I have a feeling with the listeners, it's going to be tough to, to decide which ones show up on the show. I'm looking forward to forward to it too. Thanks, Bonnie. Thanks, Dave. You may have caught that today's topic was a suggestion from a couple of folks who've written in in the last week or posted on our Facebook page. And so I'd be just honored to continue to entertain topics on suggestions of things you'd like to hear about, uh, things that would be helpful to you as a leader, help you to continue to improve so you can engage and develop others. So anytime you have suggestions for me, I'd love to hear them. Feel free to hop onto our website, coachingforleaders.com. There's lots of ways to get in touch with me there. The show notes for this particular episode are at coachingforleaders.com forward slash 59. So coachingforleaders.com forward slash the number five, the number nine, that will get you to the notes. You can always join our conversation about this episode. And by the way, you may have things that you have suggestions for in addition to the seven things that Bonnie and I have talked about today. So please add them in. And if you have suggestions for future episodes, that's great too. We do have an editorial calendar we utilize, but I often will, uh, set that aside when we get listener suggestions on shows, because first and foremost, my goal is to bring uh, valuable tools to you that are important to you right now. So I'd love to hear about that. There's another way to reach us, and that's by our feedback hotline, which is at 949-38-LEARN. And email, of course, is always available. That's feedback at coachingforleaders.com. If you prefer to communicate by email, I'd love to talk to you that way as well. Two announcements before the end of the show this week. I talked about both of these last week. So first of all, you may remember that I am looking for a great leadership story from you. That's right, you. If you've been listening to this this show for any length of time, you've heard some stories from leaders who've been guests on this show, and I'd really love to hear stories from you, the listening audience of leaders that you've worked with in the past who've led you and have done wonderful things for you to help you to grow and help you to develop. And we want to feature as many stories as possible on episode number 62. So that's coming up here in three weeks. And we'd like to feature your a story about a great leader that's influenced you, uh, certainly for uh, the benefit of getting your story out there, but even more importantly, of helping more people to learn great tools, resources, creative ways that people have led you and you have the opportunity to share that with our entire listening audience. And there's details on how to do that on our website. Just go to coachingforleaders.com forward slash great leader. And if you do that, you will get to about a just a couple of minute video. I think it's four or five minutes from me on all the details on how to do that. Uh, it has to be a real story. We're asking you to submit it in audio format and two minutes or less. So all the details again are at coachingforleaders.com forward slash great leader. So that's all one word, great leader. And again, there's the video there. We do ask that you submit them by 
November 1st, 2012. So that's coming up here in just a few weeks, and that way we'll have plenty of time to sort through the stories and feature as many as possible on episode number 62. And then finally, one last announcement before I let you go is it is Monday, October 15th. And you may remember from last week, I mentioned that there are podcast awards going on right now. And today, October 15th is the last day if you wanted to nominate this show for one of the podcast awards. All the details are in last week's episode, but here's what you need to know if you'd like to nominate this show for an award uh, just go to podcastawards.com, and I would suggest that you uh, nominate this show under the business category. So you just put in the name Coaching for Leaders podcast and our web address, coachingforleaders.com, and you can submit your ballot. There's lots of opportunities to nominate other shows as well, too. And it is due by midnight tonight, so October 15th. If you're listening to this on the 16th or 17th and you already did it, thanks. If you didn't, hey, no worries. We'll uh, catch you next year uh, when the nominations come around again. But thanks in advance. If you do decide to nominate the show, it'll help us to continue to get uh, traction for the show, help build the community of the show, continue to attract great guests. So I think it's a win-win for everybody. And I appreciate you in advance if you've already done that. Thanks to everyone who's emailed or talked to me this past week about already nominating the show. I so appreciate that. And if you have already done that, please send me an email at feedback at coachingforleaders.com. I would love to thank you personally for doing that. And speaking of thank yous, a thank you to Michael Connor, David Pecorero, Desta Crawford, and Marco Pena. Thank you for liking our page on Facebook this week. Lots of tools, resources, articles I'm posting up there every day. Coachingforleaders.com forward slash Facebook is the best way to get to our Facebook page. It'll take you right there. A reminder, if you'd like updates and more resources from me, you can subscribe to our newsletter, coachingforleaders.com forward slash subscribe. And you'll also get automatically the 10 books that will make you a better leader. And the link for the show notes is on our website, coachingforleaders.com forward slash 59. As you know, this show airs every Monday. And one final reminder, wherever you are in the world, whatever's on your agenda today, take one idea from this show, one of these seven things we talked about today to engage and develop someone you lead. Take care, everybody.